everyone, welcome once again to the Reenactors Ramble. And Mr. Jones, you're back. I am back. Oh, you are full back. of flavour. Uh, and what have you been up to this last week, buddy? Uh, you know, it's just uh, the everyday draw, working from home, trying to deal with uh, issues in work arising and the rest of it. But apart from that, uh, just checking up on a few uh, World War II matters of my own research mm-hmm. uh, based yeah. around what Gary was talking about in the last episode. Fantastic yeah, you, listening. You were pretty inspired about the uh, the British parachutists, weren't you? I was, yeah, I was. That. Yeah, you I'm, got, you uh, finally bought some, some more books as well to, to clear yourself up a little <laughs> bit more on the Battle of Arnhem. I have actually, yeah, uh, one recommended by his good self. So thank you for that. We should, give that. we should give that book a plug, although it's always sold out. Off at last by Robert Sigmund. It's a great book about the Seventh Battalion Kings on Scottish Borderers. Aye, good stuff. Mine signed. Good. Hey, got to, I think we've got to give you a special uh, special mention today, Mister Jones, as well, because Ooh. on uh, on Saturday we had a, uh, a, a reenactment <laughs> sort of group um, Zoom as, as mm. sounds to the outside world. Yeah. Um, but we all joined up together as we do, and uh, and had a few beers and a bit of a chinwag about the potential upcoming season and what we'd all been doing. And you got a bit too drunk, didn't you, Mister Jones? Horrendous. Um, I think the words paralytic the following day was think, mentioned by my wife. Fucking state were more appropriate to be honest. Told me. Awful. And I don't know how I got there. I think it was just peaked too soon. Bottle of wine. That's about did. it. You were fine. And then you got so pissed that all of Jesus. a sudden it said the host has ended this call. And that was it done. And I had to salvage the. Yeah. <laughs> but, but anyway, anyway. No decorum. So it's uh, it's another special evening. It's another good episode because uh, yeah. the boys are reunited. The boys are back in town as soon as he once said. And yeah. uh, we're joined by Star of Band Brothers, Matthew Leach, returns for Triumphant Part 2. How's it going, Matthew? It's all right, mate. Can you let me out of your basement now? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Get back. No, you please. I, I tell you what, I think after uh, after the last episode, there's, there's plenty of people that might lock you up in the, in the basement and keep you there because it seems like you've got quite the uh, the fan base out there, Matthew. Oh, good. 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 That's not creepy at all. Okay. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I, I, I imagine you've had a hundred million uh, inevitable comparisons with uh, with Bastogne, with the snow up in the northeast here. Uh, I've definitely had a few because I posted a picture of my son lobbing a snowball at me. So uh, I've, had, I've, had a, I've had a few since then. I managed to hold yeah. the camera still while he pegged a snowball at my face. And the ball's like <laughs> right in foreground and he's looking really determined in the background. And then I wore it on the chin. So... Brilliant. All for the art, boys. All for the great, art. Great eye direction, absolutely. That's yeah, yeah. So last time we caught up, we were yes. we were we were, we were chatting about your your audio books that you've been doing for for the esteemed Dale Die. <laughs> yes. So all right. Yeah. Okay. So the audio book it's now finished. I managed to accelerate it. Well and done. Finish it. Got oh, my wow. back together. <clears throat> got my accent right and finished it. So the author of this book that's called The Batter's Box was listening to the podcast. And I didn't realize that. I just said I plugged the book um, on a Facebook post. That's it. And so he listens to the podcast. And then I get this email. It's so funny. It's this email saying, Matthew, we've got a few corrections. Email, Matthew says. Okay, fine. Don't worry about it. You know, it's all about the art. Podcast, Matthew says. They are up my fucking ass. (laughs) (laughs) He said he spat Diet Coke all over his laptop when he heard that. (laughs) I've nearly spat beer all over my laptop. <laughs> oh my God. I was like, oh no, I forgot. I've got no filter and I forgot I said that. But on the whole, he took it pretty well, which was nice. 
Good, good. He knew what he was getting himself in for, didn't he? Yeah, he did a bit. Yeah, yeah. He'd met me before, so he's fine. He knows. <laughs> oh. I come with a warning, so it's fine. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, I'm glad that's all done and dusted. Any more, any more audiobook um, work on the horizon? Is that something that you might find yourself doing more in the future? Uh, y- yes, now that I've got better at it. Uh, if you'd asked me that a few months ago, I'd have said no. Uh, but I've got better at it, so yeah. Um, well, you guys have to judge for yourself. It might be crap, but they seem to like it. So. When will um, it be released? When will it be released? Um, well, I've just spoken to uh, <clears throat> Julia, which is Dale's wife, who's um, producing it. Yeah. And she's got to go through it all with a fine-tooth comb. So I would have thought probably around April time. Okay. Not um, too far away. Yeah, not too far away. It's all done. I've just got to do the, the credits now, so I've got to say that I read it out loud, uh, and then I'm done. Oh, and I've also got to record some silence as well, which kind of reminds me of 24-hour party people. Where recording <laughs> silence up the hill. Uh, I've got to do a bit of that, and then it's done and dusted. So I'm pretty excited, actually, because I've been re-listening to it a lot, clipping loads of little bits, and then I mucked up, and it is really good, actually. Uh-huh. Really good. It's, it's a great story as well, and all set and passed on. So good, good stuff. I highly good recommend stuff. it. Sweet. And like we said, Uh, to the reaction from. uh, Go on, Andy. What were you going to say? No, I was just going to say about the reaction. Go on. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. It was. It was awesome. I mean, it it pretty much smashed uh, most of our sort of listing figures. Um, It definitely up there with the 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 highest, um, most listened to podcast that we've done so far. So obviously, congrats Mm. on that. Was that because you used my profile picture from Mile High, where I'm naked, apart from like a thong? (laughs) We had to take that down. Did you? That one. Yeah. Yeah, because I spent a lot of money trying to get that taken off the internet. <laughs> Thanks for putting that back up, boys. Yeah, that got well, taken uh, off, but the uh, the soundtrack didn't. Funny enough. <laughs> weirdly, oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah, I mean, I was. I mean, I'm still expecting a bill to land on my door at some point now, asking for uh, asking for that from HBO. But we'll. we'll you know see. what? We'll see. Anyway. You know what about you know when we do it tonight? Why don't we just hum it out? Mm-hmm. Maybe we can do it at the end, and we can. That's harmonize. what we'll do. Yeah, and we'll uh, we'll drop that in at the start. Let's do that. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not being a part of that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, you can do it twice and pretend to be Matthew. We'll layer it over the top quite nicely. Yeah, two layers yeah. up. Yeah, double track. We'll do that. We'll do that. But you know, I had no idea. I mean, obviously, we mentioned a lot about how sort of big the hype was around the show. I guess in the living history world, but I had no yeah. idea how big the hype was just in terms of sort of fanboys and girls of the show in general and not necessarily through living history like it's a whole different kettle of fish it's crazy oh yeah 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 yeah. i mean when i went uh i went to bastogne last december and it was just bonkers there were just people everywhere come to do signings for pictures of shane not me um <laughs> i'll get on to shane in a while but uh yeah yes, I, yes I, don't, shane I don't get jealous at all do you know what we had as well which was which was very very strange there were some strange people out there. Cool. Yeah. We had a lot of um, sort of comments from people that sort of said, I knew somebody that was on Band of Brothers and they filmed, you know, X scene here and we filmed this here. And, you know, I'm sort of like, hang on a second. You think you know somebody that might have been on the set, but Matthew's just been on talking about it. So people sort of said, what was the, what was one of the ones that we had? Um Oh, there, was, there was all sorts of crazy ones that you went here or there. One of the questions was that the Bastogne episodes were filmed in a, a giant freezer. Um, I was like, what? 
Oh, it's just cold. Okay. Step away from the crack pipe. Yeah. <laughs> and, like a giant freezer. <laughs> a giant freezer. Yes. Uh, I'm going to tell you that that was not the case. No. But, uh, no. you know, believe no, what you want to believe. Yes. Very strange. The Chinese whispers had gone, uh, I think, absolutely airwall. Oh, it was the, the absolute the opposite. It was filmed in an aircraft hangar in a very yeah, um, hot summer, and everyone was yeah. sweating all the time. Yeah, you know, and I said, well, obviously, the a lot of the I'd imagine the um, sort of condensation vapor is, was CGI and things like that. I would imagine. Yeah, all of it, uh, all of it, yeah, and they were trying yeah. to cool actors down afterwards. <laughs> At each scene, there's people with little fans trying yeah. to cool you down. Yeah, it was you know it was very interesting watching back though. I think after hearing it, and a lot of our listeners said the same. List watching it, it back, yeah, sort of listening to everything that you'd said, it sort of changed the way sort of watched it again. It was it was really interesting. Because after doing the episode um, with yourself, Matthew, I went online and started to obviously do a lot more research into the film. I knew a lot of it anyway about the series, but I had more of an insight, obviously, speaking with yourself. And there are documentaries out there solely made by the actors, sorry, the, uh, the extras, the background artists, where right. literally, you know, they, they made this the kind credit. of fan, a fan thing. And then I went online, and there's whole Facebook pages and Instagram pages solely just about this TV show, you know, mm-hmm. that's that's their pursuit in, in either a hobby life. or a life, life or, yeah. and also a lot of people are trying to um, save a lot of the sites, you know, based right. um, where obviously um, Easy Company were staying or where they took off uh, prior to D-Day. And it, it, it's huge. It's massive, you know. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Bastogne as well, like obviously being there. I've never been there. So, what, so what's it actually like, Matthew Bastogne? Is it, is, it, is it well worth the trip and how yes. comparable is it to the TV show? Uh, it's well worth the trip, but you guys have got to go in December. Yeah. Uh-huh. Or January, you know, so you get the, you get the full effect. If you go, uh, only you two. All right, this doesn't go out for everybody. <laughs> uh, hook, uh, tell me when you're going to go because I can hook you up with a guy that um, from Bastogne Barracks and he'll show you around Bastogne Barracks. He'll then take you over the road to the cemetery where René Le Maire is, is buried, the nurse wow. from Mandelbrunn's, yeah. uh, uh, and he'll tell you what to do in the evening as well. And then there, there are guides there that will take you into the into the forest, into the foxholes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they, they tend to get scrappy-dappy-do with one another as mm-hmm. to what went where and whether or not the foxholes that you see there are, are right. genuine or reenactors and redug them or whatever. But it's well worth going to Bastogne, um, yeah. especially when it's um, snowing, and especially when the nuts or the nuts, as they say, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> festival is on. It's just wonderful because not only is it, is it great and you immerse yourself in it all, um, on a night it kicks off. So you sort of get mm-hmm. together, you will immerse yourself. It's uh-huh. all very sort of emotive and everything. And then on a night, everyone just lets loose. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they go party to the next bar, party time. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's a real bonding experience for a very sort of strange, disparate group of people, like you say, just. Mm-hmm. The oddest people are, are really into it. You know what I mean? And, and but, but they, they, yeah, they all come together. It's great, and it's it's a town that is, it's like a museum town. Do you know what I mean? So there's a lot gets... of, of of stuff to see and do, and it's not like going to Eindhoven like we do on the tour, where you just get to mm. there and it's a it's a very fancy new city, and Normal you have to kind of wander around imagining yeah. stuff. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's it's mad, isn't it? Because if you think about it, you know, if, if those events hadn't happened all of those years ago, those towns and villages would just, there wouldn't be anything, would there? There would still just no. small market towns and none of this. Well, that's yeah. what I was going to say. I mean, do the, 
does Bastogne kind of capitalise on the fact that it has this connection with 101st? It does. Um, very much as the 101st Museum. Um, mm. It does, but it does it in the same way that the better places in Normandy um, do as well. So it's not like you're not going to, you know, 101st town, Disneyified. <laughs> it's it, it's very much in with the sort of the way of the, which the town worked and everything. Mm. Um, but it's a very beautiful town as well, and it's not really changed. So it fits in nicely. And it's, it's done out of uh, respect and gratitude rather than cha-ching, let's make some money. I highly advise going there, boys. I really do. But it is cold as balls if you go in the winter. Yeah. <laughs> so you do get the full Bastogne effect if you're doing yeah, a tour. Yeah. Uh, and you haven't got the right hat on, which I didn't in the last tour. It looks like I've got a yarmulke on. I don't know what happened. It shrank <laughs> on my head, my wool hat in the snow. Yeah, but the, if, if you go to Bastogne Barracks, the guy there is wonderful. Little Belgian paratrooper. I say little because mm. he's little, but he's well hard. Um, <laughs> and I, I tour with a, with a girl who is from Louisiana. And she's babbling at him, you know, this, that, and the other as we're going around this tank museum. There's a great tank museum there. And at one point, he just turned to me and he went, uh, I'm sorry, what what language is it that she is speaking? <laughs> and I was like, it's English, mate. It's just a really weird English. Yeah. <laughs> she's from the South. <laughs> speaking of um, of Bastogne, there is a very special digital event um coming very soon on on february the 20th 2021 yes uh, all right it's only right that you you sort of introduce this event and what it's all about okay so you're gonna like this boys because i got inspired to do this from doing your last podcast okay Uh, mostly because i got sort of well into doing this Mm -hmm. uh i thought that was enjoyable and then I thought those guys kind of had their shit together because i don't know who's going to be listening to this but there's a lot of disparate sort of things that you can be on and little conferences and stuff and they invite you yeah, on yeah. and and it's pretty shambolic i'll be honest with you <laughs> some of it do you know what i mean um so i wanted to do something that was really good and i wanted to get some kick-ass people on it mm-hmm. so we've come up with this zoom event and i know that sounds pretentious like yeah 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 a zoom <laughs> event man yeah i just couldn't think of another word i'm sorry <laughs> if it's douchey so it's the sort of one-off so we're not recording it. You just kind of have to buy into the code right. at the time. It's kind of live. Um, and it is the first episode. We're going to do a series of them, and I, I won't tell you who the guests are later on. But the first episode, I'm going to reunite Doc Rowe and Renny Lemaire from the Bastogne episode. And that's the first time they've sort of been together in 20 years since we filmed. And it's also the first time that Lucy, who plays Renny Lemaire, has spoken about Band of Brothers, so I have really? no idea what to ask yes. her. Particularly, <laughs> I don't know what she's going to say. I was terrified to reach out to her. I got on. Yeah, yeah. I got her on, and uh, I just sent this sort of half fronglish, fronglish email. <laughs> My terrible <laughs> French. I'm not. I didn't use Google Translate because I've done that before. It's a terrible idea. <laughs> no, uh, don't do that. So yeah, so I managed to reach out to her. She was super sweet, and she's really excited about coming on, and a little bit nervous. So. Um, is she still um is she still in the acting world then i believe so yes i yeah. believe so um yeah uh i'm gonna sort of steer it all towards just her band, band stuff though because i've got her for an hour yeah, um, and that's what people want to hear isn't it they want it i've i'm like i'm it's i just hope i don't stammer because i'm going to be like a total fanboy myself uh, <laughs> yeah 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 uh, so she, i mean excuse me for, she was hot stuff in that series <laughs> in that effortlessly beautiful way that only French people can be. Do you know what I mean? It's like it would take someone else 
two yeah. weeks in makeup to look that effortless with no Absolutely. makeup on. Yeah, especially when she and, was, she says chocolat. Like, yes, oh, yeah, melt yes. My heart. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's one of the things I'm going to go over is that you know anybody who's anybody's in love with either her or him or both. So yes, it's great to have them both on. <laughs> yeah, I was going to uh, say you couldn't get much of a sort of better. I guess no, first. you couldn't. Yeah, exactly. Really for the for the for the cast. Yeah, was so I'm going to get those guys on. Um, I'm going to host it, uh, and I'm just going to sort of navigate them around, sort of band stories. I'm going to do a bit of sort of mm. banter stuff that I know with Shane, and and and, and do some fun stuff. And we're going to take some questions, and we're going to kind of see where it goes, mm-hmm. um, and keep it sharp and cozy and snappy. And 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 uh, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure that we you know all the pertinent points get hit and we'll see what's going to come out of it. Like there are some yeah. guests that I'm going to have on that I'm fairly sure I know where it's going to go with this one. Mm-hmm. I don't. So I'm really excited. Um, I have no idea. I've never, I've never even spoken to Lucy before. I mean, Shane, I know very well, too well, in fact. Uh, but, uh, but here I've never met and I've, I've never spoken to her, So I'm very excited. I'm, I'm excited to see all how right. it's going to go. That's interesting because obviously, you know, with yourself and with uh, Rennie being um, on set, I guess, yes. you, you clearly weren't on set at the same time. So you've never mm-hmm. actually really spoken to each other. I have never spoken to her. That's I now have a brilliant. WhatsApp number, Fab. which I, I've been WhatsApped, which makes me kind of all gooey. Yeah. Uh, look, she sent me a kissy, <laughs> kissy emoji today. I was like, oh my God. Hey. Uh, but so there's, a, there's also one thing, one thing we won't be doing on the zoom event which i said we might was take a poll about who is better looking me or shane taylor because i did some <laughs> early polling and my numbers aren't great so i've decided that's a totally puerile thing to do and we should not we do can it. doctor we should... that we can doctor that yeah, we'll yeah, work yeah. It out. we're not doing that yeah that's a condition uh, of entry to the zoom is that you have to vote for yourself maybe. For, for me yeah exactly yeah 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 so i well, hope she, i um... plugged it enough for people to be excited by it as much as we are because it's well, it's it's sort of a big deal, I think, to get these guys together. And that's what we're aiming to do throughout these episodes is, is do stuff that hasn't been done before, yeah. uh, get people together that haven't been done before. We've got some great ideas of how to put certain people together. Not everybody that comes on is going to have been in the show. They might have been in a different sh- mm-hmm. show, a World War II show, a different war film. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, we're, we're, I'm just going to try and get the best guests I can and, and yeah. uh, put them in the best situations I can. Well, you never know. I mean, um, Luce, um, Renee, she's just done a show this year called Levitation. Um, oh, okay. Well, you know what? She's going to try and plug that, and then she's going to start her own Zoom thing. <laughs> and that's it. And get me that's on. what's going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> right, that's it. She's just using me as a stepping stone. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ditch yourself to my star for five seconds and then ditch me. That's I, can, I get it. That's fine. Well, I was, I mean, I was, I was really excited from a, you know, a total fan point of view again. I mean, um, we wanted to create something ourselves with, with yourself to, to sort of speak up there to all of the, the living historians that are right, okay. so inspired by the show. So for something, I guess, to be then created by yourself with the access that you've got and the stories that you've all got together and how authentic it will actually be. Yeah. You know, that and is this like, is, this is somewhat boys that I'd like to sort of explore more is, is for mm. all these, if I use the word disparate again, you can slap me, but I don't know another <laughs> word, all these different <laughs> little groups. It'd be nice yeah. to sort of, somehow link everybody in together so mm. that we're actually yeah, yeah. we're actually getting all the best stories we can and sharing yeah. them do you know what yeah. i mean yeah and and this hasn't been done really like the way i sort of look at it is that you know 
we're doing a podcast with our own angle and, and no one like you're doing it from the inside, you know, from somebody who was there yeah. and experienced it. It's, and you know, and, the, and the idea behind it. it. Yeah. The, the, the idea behind it and the idea why we've sort of put it behind a paywall, it's like 10 bucks or like seven mm-hmm. quid, something or other is that I, I want to be able to like get the best people and pay them. Do you know what I mean? Like it's a, yeah, yeah. It, and so it's not some guy frying chips in the background, answering <laughs> questions, rolling a ciggy yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It, <laughs> it, 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 there's an audience that have paid. So it's going to be, there's an expectation on it to be good and it has to be good. Yeah. Yeah. And these and things so, can't be done for free. You know, they it, can't, if you want to get to, decent people on yeah. and have their time and, and someone, you know, like Lucy, you know, you know, she's a working actress. You've got to pay her for her time and then she's gonna, she's going to bring the goods. So mm-hmm. that's why we've done it the way well. we've done it. Yeah. I think that's the benefit is there was an exclusivity sense here that, Ooh. you know, you're going to be present for something which, you'll only be able to talk to other people about afterwards. You know, you're not going to be able to catch it on iPlayer or, you know, Sky yeah. Cinema or something. It's, it's done there. Exactly. That was kind of the idea as well, to, 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 to build a buzz around it like that as well, so that you're there when they're there and that when they're there. And then that's it. That was the moment, you know? Yeah. yeah. And you don't know where it's going to go. I mean, what, 28 episodes like us, 29 episodes down the line, and people will say, oh, were you present on the first one? <laughs> it's like, right. no, right. you know, <laughs> no, I was. You know, yeah. this it, it's a great opportunity, and like you say, you know, you guys were on set. You've done what you you did. Um, our veterans are unfortunately dwindling dwindling away, mm-hmm. and all that's left are obviously the writers. You know, who've um, told their story, the actors who have also played the part of their story, and you know, if you perpetuate this and get other films and other writers and other things going on, it's. So it's a fantastic opportunity for people to obviously obtain this knowledge and what's right. happened. I'm gonna, tr- I'm gonna, I'll tell you now. I'll try and get John Orloff on, because uh, he, I believe, is doing Masters of the Air. Oh, really? Uh, he's writing some of that. I imagine so. I mean, the guy's brilliant. He did some Pacific as well. Um, yeah, he yeah. is a kind of buddy of mine. So when we get going, I'll, I'll try and get him on talking about maybe that as well. And then because he mm. wrote episode seven and he directed some of the Pacific and stuff. So I'll try and get him on. Although the last time he emailed him, he emailed me like a close up of his nose. Really gross. <laughs> and he was like, get that out of your mind. And that was, <laughs> was what's wrong with you? <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> And how long? Um, just I guess just finer details as well, Matthew, for the audience. Yes. How how long can the guys expect uh, the Zoom to be on for? Uh, well, I think I'm going to keep the main cast guys on for an hour, <laughs> but you know how it goes. I'm going to tell them an hour. You know how it goes. I mean, anytime I've done anything <laughs> like this, everyone's always like, you know, oh, you've got me for fifteen, and then two hours later they're still waffling. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I could keep Shane on all night because he's just the most affable guy and loves to talk. So, um, and I mean that in the nicest way. I mean, he just yeah. uh-huh. loves to answer any questions. And um, So I guess an hour minimum. Um, awesome. Uh, but we, it will probably spill over, especially the first one because I won't have got it down Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Do you know what I mean? You know when it's like, you know your early podcast is probably yeah. – <laughs> quite a lot of arsing around and this is live yeah so absolutely. absolutely i'm gonna try and it's probably gonna spill over a little bit awesome. um, and um I, I guess just for anybody thinking how can i find this as well you know head to 
wehappyfew506.com. Um, everything's there, right? You can book direct through for the Zoom there. Yep. Um, yes. There's a there's a, sub- a subscription area where you can sign up to the mailing list for future events as well to sort of be hear, hear about those first and, and sort of get your tickets in because the uh, it is limited. If I am correct, there's there is, it is capacity yeah. on that. There yeah. is. There is. Yeah, thanks for that. That's that's all exactly right. And I've got to give a shout out to my sister who built that site. Yeah. Um, because if it was left down to me, you'd be writing in on A4 <laughs> uh, yeah. with a tea stain so on it. Your, uh, yeah, P.O. Box, P.O. box somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Darlington. Yeah. 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 Oh, I'll be going on the M1. Yeah, Andy, You've, you've bought your ticket already, haven't you, Andy? And I'll be buying mine, uh, I think, after this episode, getting ready. Do you know what? Um, I've just actually, because I work with websites and stuff, and uh, you only have to type you in haven't. partial, and it hits up straight away. So, well done. You know, people are actually oh. uh, hitting this site. If um, you hack it, list. Mm-hmm. if you hack <laughs> it, Andy, I'm coming to get you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at, if you, looking at the are you background gonna rick, now. You, do not Rick roll it, all right? Because I'll be very annoyed <laughs> if you Rick roll my website. <laughs> Yeah, never gonna give. Yeah, I've picked up my ticket. There we go. I can't wait. Good lad, good lad. It's gonna be awesome. So that's the plug done. Thank you very much. I believe I now owe you any questions you have, plus some stories. I believe. Absolutely. I mean, one of the big things that come out of, um, I guess, part one, we'll call it. um, My accent came up there. Part part one. Speak the queens. was the tour, you know, the tours that, yes. that you mentioned that, that you do in Normandy and Holland. People were so excited about that and wanted to hear more about, I guess, just what happens on these tours, probably more about your own experiences visiting these locations and just any any funny stories that you might have from, from those tours as well. So do you want to, should we dive into those tours a little bit more? Yes. Okay. So I got into these tours in a, in a roundabout type of way, which I think I talked about last time. Um, was, the, they, was this the back of the magazine or something? It was the back of a back of a magazine, um, <laughs> yeah. not a men's magazine, um, <laughs> but a magazine. I got it from the back of a magazine, um, and I emailed them to say, <clears throat> "Did you want anybody who was in the show?" And James Maddio Picante emailed me back mm-hmm. instantly. Said, yeah. "Buddy, you got to get on this. It's great." Uh-huh. Now, it, it, I'm I'm assuming most of the people listening to this are, are UK or European based, so. The tour actually is done out of the World War II Museum, which is in Louisiana. Yeah, yeah. But we do get Brits come on the tour as well. Mm. And it is fantastic. <laughs> I mean, the fact that I get to be a guest on it and get paid to do it is ridiculous because yeah, yeah. they everything's five-star hotels and restaurants and everything. That stuff is 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 unbelievable but the tour itself is done so brilliantly so you start out at heathrow airport which is where you land uh that's got nothing to do with the tour um (laughs) we go down to a place called the donnington um and 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 we we start to go through uh boot camp stuff and all that business we don't actually go to uh where we did boot camp um but we go down to uh, Ottery where they did all the training, all all, all the Brit mm-hmm. stuff that you see in episode yeah, yeah. one, uh, all the stuff where we, you know, that mutiny and everything. So we're all in that little town. Mm. And they do little tours around that town. Uh, and then we take a, a ferry across to Wiestram Khan. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and from there we go to um, Bayou. And we do four days in Normandy. So the first day is actually is actually all the beaches and everything. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then it, the second day, the actual Band of Brothers tour starts starts to go in. So, so you go to Breakout Manor, yeah. uh, and they go through all the sort of the winter stuff, all that genius um, genius stuff where he gets the Germans firing on themselves and everything. Yeah, yeah. You've got to go. You start there, to get immer- yeah, you do. You start to get immersed into it. And the great thing mm. about Normandy is, it, as you boys know, it looks exactly like it did. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you get totally immersed. In it. And at the same time, you're watching the episodes on the coach. And yeah. the actors are talking about it, so you sort of like, how was this? How was that? But you, you also have like top. No, no, you also have like top top guys. I saw with a, uh, a lady called Dominique, who is fantastic. Uh, and there's another guy, a, a posh English guy called James Cock Clark, who, who's mm-hmm. I think he was a colonel in the army. I call him the colonel anyway. <laughs> fantastic as well. They, they they just know everything. So there's like almost never a down moment. Like constantly, you've just been fed information by these like the people at the top of their games, mm. and and going on these great tours. And, and and I think the World War Two tour has has access that no one else has. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you get to go to places that the the that no one else goes to, and then have these kick-ass guides, and then you're watching the show as well. And then I or Jimmy Maddio or Ross McCall or someone like that is answering questions about the show, and that sort of thing. And so you do sort of four days of that. You do Calon Town. They did the whole Calon Town stuff. So you, what, what it, what's great about it is, is you get the bigger picture as well. Mm. So you get what Easy was doing. You you are following what Easy was doing the whole time and watching the show. Mm. And then you get the bigger picture, the Battle of Bloody Gulch, Lafayette so Bridge, good, all this yeah. business. And the, you go um, to those places. As part of the Battle of the Bloody Gulch, do you go to the museum there, which is sort of a guy's house? I don't think we do. We do Dead there's Man's a, Corner. Uh, there's, a, there's a place there which is, I think he calls it the Bloody Gulch Musee, as they call Musee. it over there. Um, and it's a disputed, so he, he reckons that sort of beyond his field is yeah. where all the action sort of took place. And he's got this house. And is it Cabbage Fields? They were Cabbage Fields, weren't they? Am I right? It, it might be, uh. yeah. Um but we went there and it's sort of this like yeah. we stumbled across it by accident to be honest with you. We thought, oh, this looks awesome. It was really period and we were all in kits. So we started mm-hmm. take, taking photos and the guy was like, come inside, come inside. And he reckons that um essentially that's what that's where the battle took place. And he's sort of he's got this sort of tree line um where obviously it's like fire your weapon blithe, that scene. Um, oh yeah, yeah. And he sort of reckons it was filmed there. And I think it's quite disputed historically. But anyway, in this guy's house, he's sort of like mm. got some stain on the floor. And he's like, this is a this is a German's uh, a stain where he was shot by uh, Dick Winters himself. Mm. like, oh, okay, right, right. right and he right. takes you around his house up, and show, yeah, <laughs> shows <laughs> you everything. And he takes you into the shed yeah. downstairs. Yeah. And he sort of gets things out. And he was like... This is Dick Winter's helmet, and this is Dick Winter's pen, and this is yeah. Dick Winter's boots, and you're sort of like, <laughs> Dick Winter's give you everything. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm he's not saying the guy's lying. Yeah, I'm not saying the guy's lying. He's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, just, he, was, yeah, he was a showman. He's got a very, yeah, he's got a very good collection. I think is what we're he's, probably yeah, yeah, right, yeah. right. He's wearing so, the scarf. So I, just, I just didn't know. It. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I think that probably disputes his story. If uh, yeah, if the two museum aren't essentially having that on their agenda they do vet these things they send people mm. ahead um because they do tools all over the place and they do vet them really well so if there's a whiff of shall we say bovine scat uh, about <laughs> what's being said <laughs> it is eliminated yeah. so i'll just i'll double back to a story about Blythe actually um yeah, yeah. i was gonna so so yes yeah, so then we leave normandy we end up going to einhoven and we do market garden 
that that's when I think it gets great personally um, because the, the guides there are particularly brilliant. Like Yoris is brilliant, Edwin is brilliant as well. Um, uh, and you spend two days in a really nice hotel at Pull, Pullman as well. And the only thing about Eindhoven is you will probably get run over by a very tall Dutch person because they <laughs> cycle out of nowhere at 500 miles yeah, an hour, no. but they're all really annoyingly tall and beautiful. Um, and then we go to uh, Luxembourg. Mm. Uh, we go to Clairvaux in Luxembourg uh, mm-hmm. and uh, do all that, all that business. Bajar is that on the shore? It was Luxembourg. Which episode is that? Well, the thing is, is Luxembourg. It's so, yeah, it's so close that you stay so, in yeah, Luxembourg and then and then go yeah. back into into the Bajac. That um, but you, you, the the reason you're in Luxembourg is is because Clairvaux looks like something from a Walt Disney dream. It's yeah. the most beautiful place. Uh, and then we go from there uh, to a place called Etlingen because it's just a stop on the way uh, to Berchtesgaden. Mm-hmm. But uh, Etlingen, we go to Dachau. We do Dachau. Uh, which I'm have been excused going in again now uh, because I had some type of breakdown the first two times I went in. They were like, "All right, you're not you're not coming in again because uh, then you're a mess for the rest of the tour." Yeah, uh, and then you go to Beckett's Garden and you just get this amazing sense of achievement you've all done this together when you get to Beckett's Garden because it's two weeks. I mean, you, you, you mm. it's, oh, wow. it's yeah. Don't do it if you're the faint of heart. It takes stamina to do. Yeah. Um, and then you have this huge group ball and party and it, it's just, I cannot recommend right. it enough. But like I say, it goes out of World War II Museum in Louisiana. So that's why it's probably not advertised anywhere here. Yeah. But I must I must circle back to Blythe. Now, Blythe was mm. played, as you know, by an actor called Mark Warren, mm. um, who I always loved. It was fantastic. Uh, so I get to find out that I'm doing a scene with Mark Warren. Um, uh, when I find Bly, and I'm kind of nervous, and uh, I can't remember what we were doing. We're hanging around on set, and I, I go up to him, and I was like, "Hello, mate. Uh, my name's Matthew. Um, is there any is there any chance we we can rehearse this scene? Like, you know, he's really intense looking. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I figured he'd be really intense, so he's like, "Yeah, yeah, sure. Don't worry about it." So he puts his helmet over his eyes, and he's like, "All right, start your line." So I start my line, and he pulls his helmet up, and his eyes are crossed. And he's like, Germans? You haven't seen any Germans? <laughs> Turns out he's the stupidest person I've ever met. <laughs> he doesn't have a serious bone in his body. He just really? looks serious, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, he does. He totally looks like if you said the wrong thing, he would... He would cut you. No, he's, he's yeah, a sort yeah, of slightly yeah, yeah. frail camp individual who's really stupid. Right. <laughs> he's the sort of guy that comes up and does, like, really crap magic tricks and, like, silly <laughs> silly routines and stuff all the time. Is this going like, to get back to him? <laughs> is, is is this going to get back to it seriously yeah you know if, if it does it means the podcast is reaching that's all right yeah oh get, get him on get him on he's hilarious he's he's hilarious he's really good for good. um he's not what you think he's like at all is on the zoom call we had on saturday there was we we were just sort of discussing because the guys were talking to themselves in our reenactment group about how much they love the episode and they were sort of going through just the series again, as we all do after a few mm. years. And, and do you know what, what's very strange? As great of an actor he is, people hate the character. You know, right? Or the people either people either love the character or hate the character, and is people right? just get pissed off. That sort of episode where you find him, I guess, in between there to the sort of the whole fire your weapon and, and whatnot. Because I guess right. it's like two or two, two, three episodes where it's he's sort of, I guess, a bit of a mainish character. Um, and people either love that. Oh, they hate it absolutely, and there seems like total marmite on it, which is quite unusual. Is that right? 
Well, the other yeah, one, of course, yeah. is Pete O'Mara, you know, playing Dyke. You, you just, people hate that character, and you couldn't yeah. meet a nicer guy in real life. Really? I wonder yeah, what, just, what um, and, actual Dyke's family think of his portrayal. I often think of that. Well, the, you, the, I'm pointing you towards these World War II tools again, but if you just mm-hmm. go over to the um, Market Garden stuff, there's uh, one of the guides there does a whole thing on Dyke, and the I mean, he, he was, you know, he, he was, he, he won uh, commendations. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he, he wasn't how he was portrayed. I don't think. Yeah. I just yeah, think yeah. the guys hated him. <laughs> so yeah, the way yeah. that they spoke about him and the information that was on offer, I think it's a That's creative a decision yeah. to make yeah. him, him that, well, just the complete opposite of Carl Limpton, basically. Yeah, yeah. Is, is a creative decision because actually I think he was just, he was a little bit above it. You know, I think he came from kind of a rich family and he didn't want yeah. to be among the guys, but he was actually a very capable officer, I believe. Yeah. Um, um, I think you've yeah, got, got to take with, I was going to say, you got to take with a pinch of salt what Hollywood was, you know, putting into, into the film. You know, there's a bit of yeah. creative license for the story, you know. We had that with Sobel in the start, you know, and yeah. although I've, I've read a few things that Sobel actually made Easy Company, you know, he bonded them the way they together. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like Nixon says, you know, he's, he's a genius. Do you know what I mean? He knows exactly what he's doing. They just, everyone hates him. That old double-time curry just to piss in his morning coffee is exactly right. <laughs> I mean, you get rugby coaches like that, don't you? They just yeah, <laughs> make yeah, you want absolutely. to kill them. Um, yeah. But I got stuck. I, I, I did a show um, called Strike Back. Um, and I was on that with uh, Pete O'Mara again a few years ago, and I got stuck watching a lunar eclipse with him uh, in Budapest. Now, let me tell you, man, that is possibly the most boring situation you could ever be in, because he's super intense about everything. He's like, Matt, look, the moon. It's just, it's going to eclipse. A little bit more. And I'm like, Pete, can I go to bed? No, don't go to bed. Wait a little bit more. (laughs) And if you watch Lunar Eclipse, it is not a spectator no, sport. No. Don't watch it with Pete O'Mara because he won't let you leave either. He's just super intense about it. It's intense. Look at him, it's great. The moon, a little bit less. A little bit less again. A little bit less. And I was like, God, it's like two o'clock in the morning, man. Can I please go to bed? Swinging back to the tour again, uh, Matt. When um, when you go to Breckart Manor as well, I mean, aside from obviously just, just spotting tactical stuff, did you meet the, the the guy that owns it, the farmer that brews his own wine inside of it, and does he run out with <laughs> bottles to one of the guests like he does with reenactors? Um, no, <laughs> no, but we do meet him. Yes, no, he mostly says, okay. "Don't step into cow shit." <laughs> well, you know what, Matthew? When we went, and um, obviously he was at the end of this lane, and he invited us down there, and we all thought, you know, we'd heard these horror stories that. This, this owner just doesn't like reenactors, doesn't want them on the land or all the rest of it. It's just a hindrance. And we get down the bottom, and he's got a table set up, a little table, and a bottle of this uh, Calvados. You know, it's like, oh, it I love that stuff. Jesus. So he, we all start passing over a few euros for these bottles, and it comes to my turn, and he turns around, and in this barn, there must have been bottles there for about 20 years. There was literally spiders live in them and all kinds and he picks one up <laughs> and he wipes it with his hand blows down the it shakes it up and down and starts to fill it from this great big wooden vat and i'm stood there thinking 
oh my God, this is going straight to me, brother. I'm not going to hear that, you know. And yeah, some of the lads have still got it in their collection to this day, but oh, Calvados... I drank most of it. It's really nice. There was some sort of cider-type Calvados thing. It was strong. Awesome. No. Oh, so right, nice yeah, because there's two things, isn't there? There's The Calvados there in Normandy is spectacular. Uh-huh. So wherever you stay and they've got Calvados, get that. But then they've got this cider... Yeah, it's like a and there's a cocktail idea. they do, and it's almost like a Kier Royale, but it's like a Kier Cider Royale, mm. and it is foul. Absolutely <laughs> foul. <laughs> That's what we have. <laughs> it's foul, isn't it? Oh, yeah, I just Absolutely. didn't want it. Ugh. Yeah, don't want it. You, you don't like anything after your antics on Saturday night, and the um, I don't trust you around any alcohol. Do you know what? Um, I think I am the only person to fall asleep on D-Day. You know, the most spectacular location in the world. 75 years on and it gets to about five o'clock and I'm yeah I'll be back in you about sleep, 20 you minutes sleep in a set of classes face down on a bloody double bed yeah there's a video somewhere I did wake up uh, to make a video in the in the evening with yourself and eat cheese with chappers but well that was apart actually from that, the fifth, fifth dream was it I don't know anyway see, um, it, Birch's Garden bit... Matthew what was what was Birch's Garden like because obviously I mean that that's on my, my bucket list again I think alongside Bastogne to get over there yeah well that, that yeah that's that's weather permitting again you've got to be careful because I don't you can go there after October yeah because right. it's yeah. a ski resort the whole of that that area is a yeah, ski yeah. resort oh, okay. um it's it, it, you see I don't know here because if I just went there it would be a different experience to when I do the tour because it's like a, kind of a release when you've just mm. gone through all this stuff when I go there it is it's weird because it is breathtakingly beautiful out there. Mm-hmm. And then it slowly starts to dawn on you, you're in Nazi land. Like you can look down like that's Bormann's house, you know, that's uh-huh. Goering's house, that's now a golf resort or something. Um, it, it is kind of touristy, if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you go up there, there's a restaurant, um, uh, there's spectacular views, and you they're redoing where Hitler actually – because he, he never really used to go up there. I think he went up there about seven times in his life okay. or something. The, 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 there's a bit below that um, that I believe he used to hang out in more. And uh, I think they're redoing that. I think it was either destroyed or crumbled. Um, but it lacks it lacks the any of the punch of like Normandy yeah. and stuff. Yeah. I, I think it's a little bit touristy, to be honest with you. Right, okay. It's the sort of place you go and there's a, you know, bunch of tourists taking snaps and the, the lift is spectacular you go through this tunnel and you go into this like a gold plated mm. lift up into is that is pretty amazing and the and the views and wandering around is is amazing as well but you i'd like to go there when there was nobody there there's a lot of people there yeah um i'd like to go there when there's nobody there and with a with a decent guide yeah i was gonna yeah, say yeah. has it been i'll use the word like kind of whitewashed from history i mean other like literally pictures of Hitler or anything else from that kind of Third Reich, you know, uh, in on in, show or is it away from it? Have they taken it away? There is a small area um, down one of the corridors that, that, that's got sort of information and stuff. But honestly, I think it has been a little sanitized. Um, it, it, it's not somewhere you go and think, wow, you know, that was a, a place of deep-rooted evil. You, you mm. kind of go, I've just knocked something off a tourist bucket list there. Yeah. That's my personal opinion. Um, um, yeah. yeah. Um, but on the way, there's, um, if you get the right guy to show you, there's still some very cool stuff, like the train station 
Mm. Um, I think the, the stone mural on the train station has just been changed, but it used to have a huge like stoned-in swastika on it. It had Hitler's personal waiting room there, and and there is an old SS guard place that's just over the road that's, that's still there and stuff. So there's it, if you don't quite do the touristy stuff and you get a good mm. guide, I, I think it's worth doing. Okay. Because I, I often thought, you know, with obviously being the, the roots of all evil, that they would, like you say, sanitise it. But, you, you know, you've got to have some kind of history. You've got to remember that things and people, you know, did exist. And certainly keeping yeah. them kind of, not for memories and oh, touristy, oh, look, come and visit Hitler's toilet, you know. But certainly yeah. it, it was there and it happened. So, but now it's a restaurant, so it gives me toasty, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Want me latte? <laughs> Where's <laughs> <laughs> Oh god, I think it's probably a good time as well to dive into some yeah. of the audience questions. So we had um yes. we had a we had a few questions from some guests out there as as not guests, sorry, uh listeners out there. Um so just diving in quickly just to a couple of those. We'd have quite a lot, so we just randomly picked out a couple. We've got Airborne Ellie um who asks, Did you like wearing the kit and how did you feel once you put the uniform on? Uh, I felt pretty badass. I'll be honest. With you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I felt pretty badass. I very much enjoyed wearing it. Uh, I, I liked where I was wearing in episode ten. I liked that because it was warm, and I just used to wander around with like a jacket and no shirt on underneath, like some type of centerfold. I don't know why they had me dressed like that. Yeah. Uh, but it looks hot, very hot. I'm trying to think um, what that was. Was that was that just a forty three jacket and nothing else on underneath? Yeah, yeah. It's like you had nothing on underneath. Um, yeah. um, not quite sure what that was about. Um, yeah, no, I did. I very much enjoyed wearing all the gear and shooting all the weapons as well. Uh, but I tell you what, it's a good workout carrying an M one around for a year. Yeah, we are a heavy rifle, you know. Like sort of comparatively with uh, the British sort of Lee Enfield mm. and whatnot, they are they're a little bit. Heavy. I, th- I think, <laughs> yeah, the the 303s, I think it's slightly heavier. But then I was weaker when I used to hawk one right, around as, right, a, yeah. as a as a boy soldier. So. Yeah, yeah. Here's a question as well, Matthew. Did you know see see your garand belt, your, your your rifle belt that you guys were wearing? Was that yes. full of sort of blank ammunition? So sort of, sort yes, of have that correct weight there it was. Yes, yes, and I did. Did I tell you this the last time I did the? Reload. Did I tell you about my reload? I, I go on about this a lot. All right, yeah. so the scene where just after the bayonet charge, the bayonet charge, yeah. um, we all join in. There was this, Tom Hanks was like, all right, so what we're going to do is we're going to pan over you as you reload. You just um, So a bang, 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 bang. So eight go, bang, click comes out. And ping. I called, ping. I had my kind of cargo pocket open. Pulled out these this round and jammed it in, clicked it, and started firing, and I'm 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 not I'm not kidding you. I reckon I did it in under a second. It looked badass, and he was like, "Nice reload, Sergeant Talbot." And it's not in the show, and the reason it's not in the show because oh, you can man. tell that they're blanks. Ah, really? Yeah, because the film yeah, blanks have the just end, got like a yeah, 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 there's like a yeah, pointy yeah. end on them. Oh, so from that moment on. on them. Yeah. Anytime anybody did a reload, they had to make sure they had like a pointed tip on them, otherwise it looks yeah, rubbish. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So I mean, do you know what I found? Where I was, I was finding battles, and I wondered if you sort of found it the same on the show. Is when it comes to sort of how much actual ammunition that I've got. So say that I've got a, a Garand belt which holds eighty rounds, if I remember rightly, uh, and say I've got a bandolier on as well, which might hold another eighty rounds. You can go through one hundred and sixty rounds like nobody's business very, very quickly. But what I also find is that. The moments when you do sort of reload, even undercover, you feel 
incredibly vulnerable. And that must, those moments reloading for real must have actually been terrifying. So I don't know about you on the show, like obviously it might be a bit different filming, but you, mm. you do suddenly realize how difficult it is to sort of even just pull a clip out of your pocket, you yeah. know, or, or pull it out of a yeah. cartridge belt. And not, not with your hand shaking and don't put your butt in yeah. the air and don't roll to the side and lift your head up <laughs> and all that business. Yeah. 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 That's when the adrenaline really spikes when you do that. So Matthew, you know, um, uh, Richie's already asked about kind of uh, having the ammunition in the M1 belt. Yes. Your music bag and another thing, your helmet. Start with your helmet. Yes. Was it the was it an original kind of M1 helmet or were they kind of uh, a resin or some other kind of um, fiber or were they original well, steel? Well, if they'd used a resin one, that would have made us more comfortable. So they definitely used the original. Mm. Uh, because they I, likes to make you suffer. So yeah, I heard somewhere along the line that on Private Ryan they were using um, not the original steel pots, but you know some kind of resin or something else. Um, and in terms of the musette bag, what did yes. you have in it? What kind of kit did you keep in that, or anything? Oh uh, gosh, that is a good question. Mm, I think they used to stuff it with whatever they could grenades. Mm. Okay, um, that's interesting. Uh, medical kit. Uh, so it wasn't just a, it just wasn't a pillow. They just didn't say, no, yeah, no, is no, it? No, 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 no. They definitely used to stuff it with, with, with real Fab. stuff. Mm-hmm. A um, pillow for my key, yeah. Good to know. Yeah, it is. Yeah, because it's just, it's just like this tiniest thing that could go wrong. If I don't know, if somebody had to open it in a scene where could see in it, if it wasn't right, yeah, they'd yeah. have to reshoot the whole thing. You got so know, much production value to build the streets. Yeah, yeah. Pack the bags properly, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I talked about you last time about them having to reshoot a whole section in Private yeah, Brian because yeah. of the guy with the Nike swoosh under his. No, under his... no actually... did I tell you this? No, oh, no, no. <clears throat> Tom Hanks, who is the world's nicest fella, but very serious about what he does, he gave us a mm. bit of a telling off. He was like, "Whatever you do, apart from saying, you know, I don't care if you're four miles from the camera right in front of it, stay in the moment." Right, um, right. He, he said, "Whatever you do." Only wear your uniform. Don't wear anything underneath it. Don't decide you need to wear mm-hmm. different woolier socks. Don't wear a vest unless you tell somebody. Because I believe what had happened is somebody, and I don't know who it was, maybe it was an extra, uh, had decided it was cold day on Private Ryan and had put a pair of joggers on underneath his trousers. And they'd ridden up and you could see a Nike swoosh on it. Oh. And they had to reshoot, I believe it was during the last battle, they had to reshoot a whole section because of it. Or cut that bit out, I'm not sure. Think of the money that would have been wasted there. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So there was a, an F, a section that I think got cut out or cut to nothing where we rescued the British paratroopers. Mm. Um, Cause I mean, you, you, you film almost the same amount again and they just pick out what they need. Yeah. Go and rescue the British paratroopers. And we all arrived on boats and we sort of like roll off and all this business. And that night, because we actually filmed it on this little, I don't know what it was, a little reservoir, we all had um, life preservers on under our stuff. But that was an acting thing. Not They didn't have that, I don't believe. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. And uh, so we finished. It was a night shoot. So we finished like 4 o'clock in the morning, and I'm walking back to my trailer. And Nick Aaron, who plays Popeye, goes, Hey, Talbot, come here. And I go over and he... He pulls the little cord and inflates it really badly. So I'm just wandering around with the Michelin man. Uh, I thought we were going to get really told off for it by the cadre, but uh, um, 
Lieutenant Stokey just walked in and laughed. So that was it. It just became de rigor for everyone to pull. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everyone just went around <laughs> this stupidly inflated uniform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And next question we've got comes from Rachel Bartlett, um, who asks, What was the most challenging part for you in portraying Floyd Talbot? Um uh, it's, it, it sounds like a pretentious answer again, but mm. the answer is not getting in the way. Um, there's a thing that actors do where they sort of get in the way. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, look uh, at me. Um, but yes, one look at me. Oh, I'm doing actory tricks. Oh, I kind of maybe don't think I'm featured in this enough, or maybe I should make this more interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you had to sort of not do any of that. So. Uh-huh. And it's a temptation for someone like myself on something as long as that to, I don't know, maybe add to it or uh, do stuff that would take away from him. You had to almost be an empty vessel and let the cadre, they'll die on those guys and the costume guys and the history guys and the directors almost tell you exactly what to do Mm. because they knew everything about him and I didn't. So the challenge was not to do that at the beginning, and then slowly you start to absorb what they're telling you, and then they stop telling you what to do all the time uh-huh. <laughs> and how to say it and where to go and all that stuff because they kind of trust you that you've got it, you've got it down. So that was the biggest challenge um, okay. to just give over to it. Do you know what I mean? Give over to it yeah. and, and what they wanted us to do with it. Uh-huh. That's great. And I've got a, I've got a little question as well. Andy, you probably got one or two. Um, questions as well that you've got out there so i watched the full series again after after our last um episode yeah i think i watched it all about three days or something like that and inevitably i get to the last episode episode 10 and i get to the end where major winters is talking um about uh grandpa were you a hero in the war oh yeah i said no and i of course i burst out into tears because it's just what you do (laughs) Do you, have you ever watched that without crying? Uh, I have. The first time I saw the baseball scene was I went down to, I think they were doing some of the post-production in Pinewood. I yeah. can't remember where I went down. It was it was nothing to do with Band of Brothers. It was to do with somebody on it. Um, it was a producer who I was going to see about something else. And she showed me the last scene and I did just burst out crying in this little room and everyone was looking at me like I was nuts. <laughs> uh, but I haven't done since. But the girl that I tour with in the World War II Museum cries on my shoulder oh, every man. damn I time. Can't, I can't from a, deal with it, man. From, the la- from about when McCall starts uh-huh. interpreting the German general to yeah, the yeah, end yeah. credits. It's and been a long war. So, it's been a tough <laughs> war. It's been a tough war. Um, so, yeah, every time. Every time. Man, man. I, read a, I read a story actually just through my, um, I guess, looking through Band of Brothers fan Facebook pages and whatnot that are all over the place. And there was a particular story which sort of pulled my heartstrings a little bit. There was a, a guy um, who's, who's now sort of an adult, but um, was sort of 14 at the time when the series was released. And that sort of scene in particular pulled on his heartstrings a little bit um, and sort of felt the need to write you know, Dick Winters and, and tell him that, you know, although that letter wasn't actually written to Dick Winters, was it? It was, it was somebody else's. Um, but anyway, um, he, he wrote to Dick Winters sort of expressing his gratitude, I guess, and how much he loved the series and how emotionally felt and all that sort of stuff. Um, and how he received a sort of handwritten letter back from, uh, from Dick Winters 
um, with an image um, of himself underneath the arch um, with handwritten on it saying sort of hang tough on there as well. And I thought, how awesome is that to have? That's um, badass. Such a nice bit of stuff. And the fact that the guy was still sort of signing and sending out, you know, photos and, and, until he died, essentially. I tell you my Dick Winter story awesome. the last time I was on here. We were doing that. We were filming it in the back of the deuce and a half as they're going into Bastogne, and so we're all in the back of this, um, back of this deuce and a half, just clowning about, asking around because it's it's four o'clock in the morning or whatever. We just turned into badgers because we did night shoots for so long, <laughs> and uh, there's this kind of like whisper that, that Dick Winters is on, is the real guy has come down to the set. And uh, so we've been hearing the whispers for a while, or he's coming down, or he's in transit, or it's something. I don't know what, what's happening. So by four o'clock in the morning, we're all bonkers, just messing around. Suddenly, the canvas on the back of the deuce and a half goes up, and there's this little guy stood there. He's tiny in real life. It went, um, and it's him. And he looks at us, and he looks at all these faces, and he goes sheet white, and he speaks to his assistant. And he goes back into the car and he drives back to the airport and he goes back to America because he said he just looked into a, a, a truck full of ghosts. Wow. Well, Ooh, I've got chips. Yeah, goosebumps. <laughs> oh, and as a 25-year-old, yeah. you don't really appreciate that. You're just like, well, what's he done? What's he done? No. Hey? When you get a bit older <laughs> and what you've done kind of sinks in, yeah. yeah, that does that. That one will send shivers up my spine. Yeah, and it it must be. I mean, I think I mentioned on, on the last episode, I, I went to Normandy um, for a couple of weeks with it with a veteran um, that I know quite well who landed on Juno Beach, and there was moments with, with him. I mean, he's in his, well in his nineties now, and there's moments with him where he speaks to reenactors sometimes, and he sort of gets a little bit confused i want to say and sort of right that the reenactors aren't the real people and they're not really it's almost like he's speaking to memories or to yeah. you know to old soldiers sort of as they were in a way mm-hmm. so yeah, i can't imagine how you know we're talking about the heartstrings being pulled on by watching them in these episodes but imagine yeah being dick witness and looking at the back of that truck to you guys and uh what, what a claim to fame that is i mean christ i look at his jacket in uh dead man's corner museum and you're like mm. overawed looking at it, thinking, oh, yeah, yeah, his jacket. But to to have him look at you guys in the back of a Jimmy, and uh, and and for that to happen, I guess, wow, yeah, incredible. Yeah, tiny little. These guys were tiny. It's crazy. He's a tiny little guy. I mean, I'm I'm small. I mean, I'm five seven in like lifts, and I can put my arm <laughs> over. I can put my arm around him like he was like small of me. Do you know, like a little yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah. I put my arm around him. I was like, you're a superstar now. I remember saying that to him. We had a uh-huh. party at Roland Garros when we were doing the premiere. And yeah, he yeah. was there, and I put my arm around. You're a superstar now, and he was—he's was just really stoic guy, like rolling his eyes, like yeah, jeez. Um, <laughs> Not sure what's <laughs> going on. Really, really cool. Yeah, yeah, really well, cool. Uh, the last question um, yes, is that uh, Andy from Liverpool. <laughs> so after a year, <laughs> after a year of filming and forging an absolute bond unimaginable in some actors careers what was that rap party like you know what people ask me two questions they don't ask me that one actually um but they ask me what was it like when i got cast or what was it like when you got cast and it was a, it's weird it's weird it's like i worked so hard to get the role i went back and back and back and back and back mm. for all these different auditions and when you get it, you just get a tremendous sense of relief. Mm-hmm. And um, 
that's it really like i don't know it's like up to other people get excited for you you'll just kind of feel relieved and then you think shit i've got a lot of work to do yeah, yeah. um the rap party i remember was kind of subdued it was weird it was huge and it's it was like something from a movie, something from a Blade movie. I thought Blade was going to smash through the roof and land in that weird, cool way on one knee. It was in this like old, like abandoned, like industrial estate somewhere in somewhere. I don't know where the hell it was. And crazy DJs and all this stuff, and everyone was invited. It was, it was brilliant, but it was oddly subdued. I think yeah. people were either totally sad. Oh, I mean, you've watched the Platoon documentary, the behind-the-scenes Platoon documentary. Um. Have you? Because it's brilliant. No, it's I've on never seen it. Amazon. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, it's on Amazon now. It's um, right. like Charlie okay. Charlie Sheen and stuff has done this. Like, and, and and there's a bit in that where he's talking about when you got killed in Platoon, that you just went home. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, oh, right. And 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 one of the guys is sat at the bar, and and this and this other fella comes in who's, who's been killed in one of the scenes, and he's like, I'm, I'm, I'm I go, mate. I, I rap. I'm going in the morning, and he was just really upset, staring to his beer, like, if you're gonna go, just go. And they, they'd had this weird bond, and they like. They didn't want to finish, do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And I think that was there was a, there was a big feeling of that. It was just like it was over, but no one wanted it to be over. So yeah. the rap party wasn't like a joyful occasion or fun. I don't think not. Uh, it was weirdly subdued, and I, I think certain people didn't go. Um, but there was a party because I'm sure that's the one you want to hear about. There was a party about two weeks before, which was I think it was a Donny Wahlberg. We used to live together. There was a bunch of them, like Donnie Wahlberg, Ian Bailey. It sounds like Entourage else. or something like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Turtle and something. And something. Yeah. Like, they lived in these apartments. <laughs> and you put them up in. They were one above the other, uh-huh. and and they just opened the whole lot up, and everyone was there. Tom Hardy was there, and everyone. It was just bonkers. Do you know what I mean? Bonkers, like, and because it's like you grow up with um, you grow you you grow up as actors, and so you basically actors all know each other in one weird way or another. Like you've yeah, been in yeah, a yeah. show with somebody who's been in the show. So it just felt like everybody was there. Like everybody was anybody was there and it was kicking off. That party was wicked. Oh, man. So, <laughs> so much to be jealous of the rap parties, yeah. Burgess Garden, Bastone. Yeah. And we can't yeah. go anywhere now. And that's the worst thing. We can't. Go yeah. That is yeah. the worst. Yeah. 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 Yeah, well, at least we've got you to uh, to tell us about all of those amazing times anyway and give us some sort of relief. No, thank you. Shite yeah. time. <laughs> I guess a, a, a final one for me as well, Matthew. Um, yes, mate. I uh, recently painted the Jeep again in uh, in Green Howard's colours and obviously Good lad. A, a local yes. area to, to the Green Howard's do. Museum. So hopefully once all this is over, we can go and do a little event or some sort of little uh, visit to the, to the Green Howard's Museum there, maybe do a bit of fundraising uh, for them since they've been shut throughout this whole... Yeah, let's do that and let's... Uh, yeah, we can record it or something and, and put yeah, it out absolutely. there and yeah. we might even be able to do like a little video or something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, let's yeah, do that. Be awesome. because, um, yeah, it'd be awesome. Have you They're seen the Green stuff. Howard's Parade? Have you seen the parade they do? I Where haven't the actually officers... seen that, you know. Oh, no. dude, that's what we've got to video. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All the officers, I don't know why it is, all the officers dress like have suits on and bowler hats and umbrellas. Wow! <laughs> like all the all the all the all the enlisted men have got like mm-hmm. the normal gear on, and the officers have all got bowler hats on and umbrellas. I don't know what that is. It's obviously some yeah. tradition they have. Yeah, but yeah, it yeah, looks yeah. wicked. It looks really like wow. really wow. cool. Yeah. Uh, so we should, we should, he has some crazy officers tradition. 
I, used, I grew up in an officer's mess because my dad was a colonel. They're, they're just bonkers. You used to go to these officers' very, mess very in. Strange. Yeah, officers' mess in Senelager, I think, in Germany. Yeah, yeah. Just some of the cavalry officers there. What a bunch of hoorahs, honestly. Bonkers. <laughs> bonkers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last night we just, we, we, you know, we were playing polo in our tanks. Uh, <laughs> driving a challenger across the parade square playing polo. I'm like, all right, it's a, well, if you it's can get away with it, lads. Do you know what? That's even an episode in itself. Growing up in a military family, I was the same. Uh, dad's, dad's currently in after sort of 22, 23 years. And childhood right. memories of, of sort of him taking us to the local camp that he was on. I, I won't mention it for, for um, obvious reasons, but just sort of saying, you know, he was busy doing something, right? You two just go and play off in those garages and there's sort of like <laughs> 10 garages open with Challenger tanks in there. Yeah. He just leaves you in there and then, you know, I was, this, this is before mobile phones and he's wandering around these tank garages going, kids, where are you? And it's like, I'm in here <laughs> trying to move the turret. You know? uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm reloading. It's a strange old life, yeah. Strange old life growing up as uh, I guess It is. I remember I was uh, in Germany, uh, Senelade, Germany, um, mm. where the SDC training is. And um, one night, I don't know, my dad, he was like, you're coming on exercise with me tonight, son. And I was like, uh, okay. Because my dad used to, org- to organise the exercise. Right, right. So he would oversee them all. And I think mm. it was like a combined, it was huge, huge great exercise. Sometimes I mean, the Americans were there as well. Mm. And, uh, it, it was a school night. I remember it being a school night and I was like nine years old. And he's like, right, come on, you come on and exercise with me. And I remember spending the greater part of it, because he was a medic, in the back of a military ambulance, uh-huh. doing nothing, listening to comms on a radio for hours, just thinking, uh-huh. what the bloody hell am I doing here? <laughs> and then as I'm starting to fall asleep, the back of the ambulance opens and it's my dad and it's got a flashlight in my face. Like, son, come here, come here. <laughs> uh, so we, <laughs> we come out and there's it's like that scene from Predator there's a blanket on the floor with a blanket over something that looks like a little tent and he pulls it off and there is a GPMG a tripod mounted wow. GPMG with a belt wow. of ammunition and I think it was something gone fire that but it loaded up for me and I'm two foot tall and like half a stone soaking where I was tiny yeah, yeah. and I'm just finding <laughs> it's lifting me <laughs> off the ground Fully lifting me off the ground. And it's just tearing these huge flames into the night. And then, uh, yeah, we got in the Jeep and went home. It was the oddest experience. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> it's pretty weird. Oh, the envy yeah, continues. The, en- yeah. the envy continues. God. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, uh, just as, and as a final reminder, just to all of the audience out there as well, uh, you only have probably by the time this airs 10 days um, until it's February the 20th. It's the Saturday at 8, 8 p.m. hour time. So you've got enough time for pre-drinks beforehand. Get yourself nice and oiled up, but not too yep. pissed that you fall asleep like Mr. Jones. I won't be. Um, Don't embarrass yourself. Get... No, 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 not live. And, and you can find that at wehappyfew506.com. Um, please get your tickets in. You know, Andy's done his. I'm going to do mine straight after this. It's a unique event. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and we, we want to see more of this as, as reenactors as living historians. The community wants to see more of this. So please show your support for Matthew and the guys who've organized this and the team behind it. Um, to help Excellent. And just, just to add together. that, yeah, just so to sort of talk over you, just to add that with, with the community, we want to get it more involved and eventually we want to get it so it's like, what do you guys want to see? And can yeah, I make yeah. it happen? Mm-hmm. Who do you want to see? together what do you want to see can i make it happen that's kind of what i, I wow is exciting me about this project do you know the what i mean challenge yeah 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 exactly do you want to see you know 
a couple of the guys from Private Ryan and a couple of guys from Band and, you know, this kind of thing. And so good. Do you want to get Dale Dye on talking about his stuff? You know, mm-hmm. oh, <laughs> what, do you, what do you want to see? So good. He'd make mincemeat of you two, mate. Don't bring him on here. And- <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you absolutely would, especially bro. if you could only drink a bottle of wine mate cause, yeah. i'm usually good yeah. i'm usually good yeah. i had my uh good lady wife ringing up um my brother saying what's wrong with him has he taken anything because he's not right <laughs> anyway oh, that's God. that's in the past come on move on <laughs> absolutely well so everybody get your ideas out there let's uh let's let's challenge matthew it'll be a new tv show i think yeah uh, our zoom show we'll call it challenge matthew we'll see what we can achieve in uh, this wonderful community of ours together Think of beauty Exactly right. Much. Well, uh, take care, everybody, and thank you all for listening again to, uh, to us three rambling on, and we'll see you all again soon. Thank Cheers, you. fellas. Bye.